Uh, what's going on? Hey, man, not a whole lot. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Hanging in there. Um, where, where are you guys out of? Where are you out of? Arkansas. Arkansas? Okay, nice, nice. Yeah. How's the, how's the uh, jiu-jitsu scene out there? Man, it's really growing. I was just talking to somebody yesterday. Like, I remember when I was like a whiter blue belt that there was um, less than five black belts in the state, right? And mm-hmm. now there's over 50. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, we're about to, I mean, I have my black belt now. I remember when I had my purple belt, I would like bought some of your products online, right? And like, okay. we, did, we did some sort of a, like a call with, uh, with, it was at the time I was competing, I'd be Jeff a lot. Um, okay. But, you know, I've been following you for a few years and, um, you know, that's, uh, I kind of, kind of started watching you on YouTube, like probably when I was a white belt or something. And now, you know, jujitsu's really grown out here since that time, you know, just like it has everywhere. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A lot of people, I, I, I meet a lot of people. Um, it's kind of funny cause I haven't really done a lot of, um, internet teaching, right? Like on YouTube, because, um, when I did it, I think it was like back in 2006, nine, or sorry, 2006, uh, I was thinking of that, that stupid rapper, like you could hear and shit about that. But anyways, um, uh, there wasn't many people doing it. So I get, I get that comment all the time um, in regards to like people I see in the at tournaments and, 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 and when I'm training, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I knew you, you know, especially from like people who have been doing it for a while. So um, that's cool, though. That's, that's good to hear. Those videos just keep, they keep getting views on them, you know, so it's crazy. It's crazy how it's blown up, you know, but that's cool. I do, man. I really liked, uh, like a lot of the videos, I mean, it's been a while since I've, I've watched um, any of your content, but okay. um, the, at least on your YouTube channel, the Ken Primo, that's what I knew. I didn't even know your name was Primola yeah. forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they were just like, I really liked your approach because you'd be, I remember one like real vividly, this X-Guard video you put out, right? And uh-huh. uh, you were like, hey, here's all these different things you could do, you know, like you could do this, or that, or this, and sometimes that. And uh, man, like a lot of your videos just seem to be that way. And like when I bought some of your wrestling series stuff, um, it was really, it was really similar. It was like, Hey, we're gonna do this. And we got these four options. You know, it's just like, I really liked the way you laid it out. You know, it's like been something it's like, I kept in the back of my mind as a method, just owning a school and stuff. So. Okay. No, I appreciate that. That That's good to know. Um, Cause it's, it's hard definitely to, to, to know your audience sometimes and to know what is going to, um, vibe with them in terms of their teaching their learning style you know so that's uh that's good that that you were able to take from that hopefully i can do some more uh sometime soon you know after the uh uh, here it's more here is probably more challenging to train than there right now just because of the uh the covid stuff so hopefully when i when i train with a partner you know what i mean it's going to be easier to do more filming and stuff like that yeah, man, I've been keeping up with you during this whole downtime. Like, we are limping back. Like, we're in technically phase two and have started back a uh, limited way of phasing back in our kids. We still theoretically shouldn't be rolling uh, mm-hmm. in our state. We're kinda, but in Oklahoma, one state over, 
they're they're rolling similar numbers it's like so but man we moved to a new location like two weeks before the shutdown like bought, oh, shit. sold our old location bought a new one twice the size i mm-hmm. uh, got moved in two weeks later right before we we're about to start the new schedule too which was gonna have all this cool stuff and, and we're about uh, we're about halfway there right now i would say uh, okay um, nice nice so how do um how do people in in your community like i guess the students are, are they how, how do they feel about it um that that's the whole thing and i asked that, because, like, that yeah that's the whole thing it's it's i have i have i mean I don't know what the hell's going on, right? Nobody does like, oh, it's dangerous. It's not dangerous, you know, but like sometimes it's just like, I definitely want to roll, you know, hard and stuff like that. But, but, you know, like I don't, I'm old school where I would be more likely to roll, I think, than somebody who's kind of like just got into it for a little bit of time. Like, and I, and that's what I feel bad about, you know, for like people in an industry like martial arts or a gym right now, because it, it may be a challenge. So what how is like the perception, as you said, in their in your community at your school? At our school, it's not been negative, right? So like I'll be teaching jujitsu right at the front door. That's where like we have like a big mat area, like divided with uh, a bag rack down the center, center. So it's technically two two mat spaces. But then there's a fitness kickboxing room, all heavy bags, and there's a yoga room. So okay. those demographics and crowds, which are diverse they'll be walking in to go to their uh, class, which it's a lot easier to maintain social distancing in those environments. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we're up there like sweating each other's eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, exactly. you know, I mean, I'm sure there's some people that are like, what on earth? I can't believe, because there's a fitness center here in town. It's like a mom and pop, like the guy, has, he owns it, sponsored some of our guys in the past with memberships and, you know, gear. And he had somebody that was a member at his gym take pictures, send it to the state. And this was like, this was after fitness centers were allowed to reopen, but they were just like, look at him not following the guidelines. Yeah, that's, uh, that's crazy. And what did they do? Did they do anything, the, the authorities? Or? No, I mean, they just, they sent him a letter, you know, and that's mm-hmm. that was the main thing. And uh, then he kind of made some changes to how he was doing it. And like, we just, I'll say another thing, like we just started taking like, I'm scheduling, we do these like a orientation intro lesson process for the kids. So we just started to do that with the kids. Um, we haven't like really enrolled any new members until like last week or so. Right. So like we haven't really been open to the public and what I'm really trying to encourage is like, Hey, uh, how about you partner with the same guy every time you're a girl or, or what, what have you, every time you're in here. Right. I got, I got several people that are doing that. That's like, they only work with each other. Uh, or they don't roll. Nobody yeah. like I, I just kind of like how we've been doing the rolling is like, hey, it's either situational with the partner you worked in in class, or yeah. um, it's just free roll. Roll with the same person. If you guys want to roll with each other, that's kind of you know. Yeah, I'm gonna be over here with this class while you're doing. I got you. Yeah, for sure. So, but you know, that's uh, I would say the the sad thing is, man, is I like not like we're like devastated, but. Uh-huh with this situation as it is and us just moving and if we wanted if we want to not feel the pressure like pretty immediately we had to start getting the ball back rolling i feel like um we're not really you know 
it's not too far ahead of where we should be either. You know, I feel like there's, there's states on both sides of us. Tennessee is the same way. Like they're rolling in Tennessee and they're rolling in Oklahoma. So, okay. you know, there's that. And I'm kind of just like looking at that and looking and watching our community numbers and just trying to manage, man, and hoping that we don't have some sort of a second shutdown. Do you, do you guys like all communicate the jujitsu schools in the area or interstate or? To it, to it, yes, to an extent. So like uh, we have uh, a head coach that is in Arkansas and he has like the Memphis gym, for example. And then I know a lot of guys in Oklahoma, like Omar French. Uh, he's a guy I've been talking to a little bit. Um, and I've just, man, I've podcast with like every jujitsu guy I've ever known during this time. Okay. No, no, that's cool. And, and that's we cool. all, it's like, this is the, uh, complimentary 10 minute COVID talk at the beginning of every episode. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. But, um, you know, I, I have, and I've been, uh, some schools are being more cautious. Some schools have been defiant. Um, mm-hmm. I talked with Tanner Rice on here yesterday. Um, okay. So, but, you know, I've been trying to really talk to as many people about this that either own schools or, or of varying backgrounds, even my own students. Like we have a 49 year old college professor that was immunocompromised and in the hospital with this staff issue like 18 months ago. So he's taken some extra precautions, but he's still coming in. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that, that's cool. I mean, you know, I think, um, I think if, you know, if the numbers are like really low or there's just a better understanding in in any community, people are going to feel more confident, you know, Uh, and if you're taking precautions, obviously, right. But, but, because otherwise it's just like, it's so, it's such a pain in the ass um, to, oh, you have to do this, 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 to do anything. It's just like, and it's not an insult to the person who has to do it. It's just kind of like, what what hoops do you have to you know what i mean we're, we're gonna roll you know what i'm saying so many people are not i i know several that are not choosing not to reopen like the fitness center i train at they've chosen uh-huh. not to reopen because every everybody i've kind of followed on this like one thread of uh their stance is like hey you know we're looking at the guidelines and we don't feel like we can really follow them without getting pictures sent to the state so this would be impossible to control so we're not going to reopen like our food um, industry here in the state. They had some sort of strange, uh, only 30% capacity. Uh, okay. You had to wear a mask until you got to your table. All these like kind of odd little barriers. So a lot of people yeah. chose not to reopen. And I was just like, wow, interesting. Yeah, no, that, that makes it, that makes it difficult. Um, where, where I'm at, it's, I don't, I don't think we're legally allowed to open, but I know some schools have, have opened, but probably less, it's probably less, um, probably less here than, 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 than where you are. I'm in San Diego. So it's, uh, there's so many schools here, obviously, but I can just tell from social media, you know, like what places are having classes and what places aren't. But, uh, in terms of what you're saying about restaurants, I don't even know if we're allowed to go in here. You know, it's, it's happening every, you know, Every day, it's hard to follow the news, but uh, to see exactly what they're doing in each county. But, uh, but yeah, I, I feel you. That's got to be challenging. It is, there. man. Uh, so, well, you know, and I've been following uh, several. I have a few friends that live on the mm-hmm. West Coast uh, in, L- in and around L.A., like a, a friend of mine that lives um, 
just downtown LA. He lives up in a, a big uh, housing complex and like with a beautiful view. And he's been mm. living what's going on. If you could see the protests, you could see people getting arrested from his balcony. And I'm just like, uh. that was last night. He lived it several times, but uh, I know with the curfews and uh, yeah. it's just been th- uh, issue after issue for people uh, in like, say, New York, California, these harder hit areas, I feel for a lot more in addition to the COVID, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, especially with, with jiu-jitsu, you, you're, you're, are you saying that within that context also? or, or are you, Yeah, or, or yeah. You, yeah. Well, I mean, think like, uh, so you guys that are have had, uh, I would feel like California as a state has had stricter guidelines in Arkansas. They were talking shit about us from the beginning, right? On the national yeah. news. Like, look at these seven states over here, however many it was, not doing what the, everybody else is doing. And, uh, but I know that like these harder hit states that like say jujitsu schools have been closed. I know I've been following Eddie Fivey in New York and, um, like a hundred thousand businesses permanently closed in New York. That's crazy. That will not reopen, you know, but I'm the, some jujitsu guy also in New York I'm friends with, uh, owns a school. He's in a strip mall. Everybody else went out. Right. Um, uh So, so there's these, all these things where, and then it's like, okay, so, Tenth Planet out on the West Coast, uh, Long Beach got burned down. Like that sort yeah. of stuff happening, compounded with the COVID troubles that were brought. Yeah. I feel like it could prolong things, and, and you get these mandatory curfews and things on top of it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, man. I I don't know what um, you know. I, I was thinking like the, like this also, and, and you could help me out. Like, if people can't like pay their rent, you know, the commercial rent, like a lot of these places aren't going to be able to get new people in. Right. Like, like what, how, how does that work out? If you know the answer, like, is there, are there people making deals? Like, what do you think is, what do you think? What's the end outcome? Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, luckily for us, we are, Perch, like we're owning right so like oh, okay. i'm not owning i'm paying the bank for the next 15 years or so yeah. but you know we have an eight thousand square foot building so it's like uh it's a few hundred thousand dollar mortgage right yeah everybody else i know everybody else i know in the whole state uh for the most part there's no one else i can really think of that owns their own location they all lease and i know yeah. that some people have received like it's it seems like the smaller the landlord like if they're local, but man, like I know, uh, a lot of them are these leasing companies and conglomerates and corporations yeah, that own yeah. a lot of big properties. And I have seen them not working with people during this time. So that's too bad. Yeah. But yeah. you know, I mean, hopefully that's, that's, I don't know, you know, that's a, uh, with us, we, the type of loan we had, the government, uh, it was an SBA loan and they're like, Hey, we're going to pay your mortgage for six months interest and everything. And I was like, thanks. That's great. Appreciate it. Like I didn't even pay my first mortgage payment. We'd only paid interest while we're doing this remodel. We moved into a gym that was a fitness center, right? So we didn't have to do a ton to it. Um, it was really set up close to the way we wanted. Got a good deal on it. He had been trying to sell it for like a few years and uh but we just like we were due to pay our mortgage in april and they're like what is we just don't worry about that one uh and you know for next six months don't worry about we're just 
that's what, you know, so for us, it worked out. We got some payroll money and different things. Like I heard some schools not getting anything. We got everything, you know? Wow. And, but still yet with as long as we've closed the number of memberships we had canceled, like we're only at $400 in the positive, you know? Wow. And, and then, and then you take to account like pro probably close to 40 memberships canceled people that aren't going to come back people that probably, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a lot uncertainty for those people. Like some parents are just nervous about bringing yeah. their kids back in, but we've had tons of people that are like, let me pay an extra membership and, and just kindness. And that's what, like, so I'm seeing that happen and I'm seeing it not happen. And I'm trying to talk to as many people as I can about it, but uh, it, it's hard to plot a trend. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It sounds like it. it sounds like it's, it's really stressful for a lot of people. Um, and do you, do you think like, I, I haven't seen this that much, but like, and I don't think it's a negative thing at all, especially to, like the circumstances, but sometimes like, like the GoFundMe type things within the communities, because it's for the community. Like, I think that really, that, that can help. Like, obviously what happened in Long Beach with 10th Planet there, it's a, it's a very unique situation, but I mean that people want to help them out a lot, you know, yeah. um, you know, like kind of donation type things like fundraising. And, and I know a lot of people don't want to do it out of pride, but I think like, you know, if people can talk about the business and how it's great for the community, great for the kids, like I think people would be really willing to donate sometimes rather than just like the customers paying their monthly dues, but like some people outside also would, I mean, have, have people in your area or do you know, or have people thought about that? I'm not saying everybody, quote needs that or anything but like i think now is a jujitsu specifically is a business that is really going to be affected where it's like the last phase you know, you know yeah I mean? yeah yeah you know i don't like i'll just tell you like one thing for example that i am seeing great community efforts we have a couple of nonprofits in our area like they're we're like uh this place in arkansas it's one of our um six regions called the river valley right it's like six mm -hmm. geographical regions of the state and uh we're here in the river valley and there's some some nonprofits here river valley food for kids and another one that really helps out um low income homeless call uh with laundry showers all sorts of stuff called the rust bus so there's okay. some there's some nonprofits that are doing things but like for example i have a former member who's a mom uh, like worked at the college, uh, and she had some sort of issue with her back, got a back surgery, surgeries. Uh, she went back to work, hurt her back again at work, right? Uh, so uh -huh. doing, doing something right. Uh, and maybe went back to work. She said, I don't know what the circumstances are, but she had to have another surgery and then a third surgery. She has two oh, wow. kids. She's a single mom. And I shared her GoFundMe yesterday, even on our gym page and on our groups. And I was just like, because I was seeing 10th Planet's GoFundMe get like $40,000 or something, right? And yeah. like I donated to the campaign and I shared it. And I, I shared it like three different times on like my personal page, on our gym group and on our gym page. And I saw it go up like 50 bucks. Oh, that's too bad. I know. So it's just like... I don't know if, 
it's an attention thing or what, or, I mean, I'm sure that she is getting help uh, from some other community efforts, but with GoFundMes, I've had success with those in the past. I've only done uh, one and I've donated mm -hmm. several over the years for just different reasons like this. Yeah. But um, I was really disappointed to see that yesterday, you know? Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, you know, I think sometimes uh, I've done a lot of like marketing in my life and copywriting. I think like the story, getting that story out there, how you get it out there and, and how you tell that story is really, is really important. You know, I haven't like interjected, but I've, 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 I've heard some jujitsu people where like I, I've read their stories on Facebook and how they're waiting to open. And I'm just like, sometimes I really commend them, you know, for having the ability to do that, knowing that they're going through their financial difficulties. And I'm thinking like, man, they tell that story. It's really emotional. And there's so many people that are supporting it. I mean, uh, is there another way we could support them? You know? And, and I think like sometimes being able to tell that story where it does evoke emotions is gonna, is gonna bring people out to, to support it and, and, and to support them. And I'm not saying like, I don't know. I don't know if it's endless. I don't know like when, where the support ends, like, Oh, we support it and then in a year this stuff keeps going on or something but it looks like the trend today especially uh at most places is is like it's a downward trend you know in terms of the COVID thing and and when you talk about like facts you're talking about like parents worried and i'm a parent too who's a little bit you know worried about this situation um with daycare uh and and I, and there isn't really a lot of facts honestly coming out uh, medically speaking, where kids are proven, there was talk about it, but like there hasn't, I'm not sure of any cases where they've documented where kids are training jujitsu and they're coming home to their parents, kids are in school and they're coming home to their parents and giving it to them. And I think like that knowledge, if it's, if it hasn't been debunked, what I'm saying, th that would give, that would give me confidence because I haven't seen a lot of that science yet where it's just like, you know, hey, when my child is able to go back to school, I might just like be like, okay, fine. Oh, she wants to play with kids. Okay, fine. Because it kids aren't really getting it. And if it's not really asymptomatic, then it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do, man. And like, you know, and I know, like I, I, I messaged a guy earlier that had done a private lesson with you once upon a time named Matt Blank. He was, I think, in the area when you were out. Yeah, I, I know of him, yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. But I was like, man, uh, you know, uh, what, kind of, what kind of questions do you want me to, to go over with, uh, you know, with Ken? And he was, um, man, I, I've kind of lost my track here. Hold on. It's all good. It's all good. We, it, it's, it's a common... He, he was, he, there's something you said that uh, reminded me of something I was wanting to talk to you about. Well, anyway, we're talking about kids in daycare, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, sidetrack. Anyway, no, 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 no. That, um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't have kids. So, yeah. but oh, okay. Yeah. Matt said you were a highly educated guy. Congratulations. Oh, and, and I, you. and I know like, so is it, you used to be an attorney. Is this correct? Yeah, I used to do some some legal work, yeah. So I, I'm a historian. I teach college, and I don't even know what to believe right now. I'm a mm -hmm. trained researcher, you know? Um, like, I, And there's so much out there about the with numbers and stats. And I've tried mm -hmm. to look at surrounding stats. I mean, just all that stuff I told you earlier and tried to use, like, 
all of my rationale and my 27 hours of philosophy and logic and just everything I know about 1945 to present. And I can't funnel all this that's going on through anything. I'm just like, Oh man. Like with it just, it has, it's like a, it's like a Hydra. There's so yeah. many, uh, fa uh, facets to what's going on with asymptomatic and do kids pass it on to parents and, and uh, the antibody testing. And it's just hard to know, man. I can't, I haven't been able to generate enough brain power to, to really figure out what's going on. And it's, it's been frustrating. No, man, I, I feel you. And, and I think regardless of education, you know, it's, it's, there's so many experts that are, you know, it, it's really, I'm not going to say people are wrong or they're making mistakes so much as there's just new information all the time. Right. So I think like when it, and, and, you know, it could be like dying down. It could be getting weaker, right? Like there's reports of that. So it's just like, I don't think anybody's wrong to say, oh, it's a lie. It's nothing, right? Because it could be becoming nothing, right? Like it could be like, oh, we got all these protesters out here going crazy. And are the numbers going to jump up in like a week? They should be astronomical, right? All these states have opened. It should be astronomical. Um, so we don't even know how it... Um, we don't know much about it, but I think, you know, overall it's going to look good for the, for the near future because it does look like it's going down and yeah, we don't know if there's going to be second wave or whatever. So it's just like, listen, if, if, if it starts to look really good in my area coming up, then, uh, you know, I'll be training and I'm not going to be thinking about the, the waves that are going to be coming in with this um, virus. And I don't think a lot of people are, and if it does happen, then people are going to kind of see it probably much earlier than they'll take notice more so than they have now, right? Where we were kind of surprised. I think, uh, I think that's going to give a lot of confidence, Wh whatever the facts are or aren't when that, when, when, when people start getting it less and communities and numbers are low, I think that's, that's going to help a lot of people feel better, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Um, but uh yeah yeah so so um so yeah have you ever trained out here in san diego i have not man i've been to long beach irvine la a few times trained out there um a friend jack toffer lives out there i've uh, been talking to him about this a little bit um and he's a dave comet guy uh dave comet jiu-jitsu out there in well, i think la i haven't been yeah. to comet jiu-jitsu academy but i know a few people out there in that area but man i really would love to come to san diego some friends uh students and friends of mine uh they do some missionary work like they are affiliated uh, and work at this uh church in town and they say yeah. have, like some connection there but uh ironically this this student of mine he's the blue belt and he uh he goes down there periodically and he was down there on the beach like three or four years ago and this is dude doing some yoga stretches on the beach. And turns out that dude's Fabio Santos. Oh, wow. Right. That's, that's and then, a, yeah. and then this guy, he, he, my guy mentions jujitsu and he's like, Oh, you know, I, I do jujitsu. You should come by my school. And then come to yeah. find out he like opened the fourth jujitsu gym in the United States and stuff like that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I trained, um, I trained at Fabio's in like 2000 and, uh, 2002 or one you know for a period of time i was a member at his gym and it was like 
him and Rodrigo Madero. So I actually trained at both of their gyms and, uh, you know, it was crazy. That was a long time ago. So that that's pretty cool. And he's, he's, he's into surfing and all that. So that's, that's cool. He's still doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is, man. It really, uh, so, but I haven't got to train with them, but I, I would love to train with them. I was in the area. There's several places I would like to hit up. Um, obviously Atos. And so you moved from the East coast to the West yeah. coast a few years back. Um, probably yeah. around the time I was talking to you, it seemed like where, where are you training at out there? Um, right now well, I moved out to the West coast. I was training at Kyrie's place for a while. I actually lived there for a period of time um up north in, in san jose area and then i was training with denny i moved to san francisco he's he's friends with, with kyle denny procopos and then uh i moved to san diego i know it's a long story because i train with everybody but uh there's a there's like a local gym um it's called uh, herman Torado jiu-jitsu i taught there for a bit trained there um there's an alliance school training with like tarsus uh, Humphreys, uh, Elias Gallegos, and then um, I've been doing like more like competitive training at uh, Keenan's place at uh, Legion. Cool. Yeah, so I was going there a lot until you know this um, this thing happened, right? So that place was really nice, and everybody was going there. Hundreds of people on Sundays open mat. So you know it, that's that's that was where I was training more competitively um, here. Yeah, before this are happened. You, are you still, uh, you know, I know that I've kind of followed you've competed a lot over the years. Like the whole time you've been on my radar, I've seen you competing, um, seen you putting your name out there. If you weren't competing, you're, you're active, giving back to the community, putting your stuff on Amazon, et cetera, uh, marketing. Like, I mean, I bought your stuff, but I mean, have you um, stayed with stayed with competing this whole time? Um, You know, I was doing so much marketing. And then when I went to Kyle's, I was more into like, you know, competing with, uh, uh, you know, um, so, and, and I've kind of, that's been about for the past five years, I've been more getting into competition, right? I think I did like, I competed like for a few weeks in the IBJJF scene, um, before this happened. Yeah. I've been competing, trying to do like the adult level even, and I'm in my forties now. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I love competing, but it's, it's not always that easy to do. Right. Um, yeah. in terms of lifestyle. So yeah, I, I'm trying to get into it and, I, and, and, uh, you know, be competitive because I can, right? Like, I think, uh, unless I'm super, you know, knee surgery or something like that, or, or old and out of shape and I'll, I'll stop. So yeah, to answer your question, I, I've been competing and I like competing and I was kind of, I was kind of trying to get into a groove, right? Like before this happened. So it was kind of like, me and a friend of mine were going to like different tournaments, um, uh, IBJJF tournaments like weekly. And it's just like, Oh man, now this happens. Right. So. Yeah. 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 So is that just something I like, I'm not a hundred percent familiar with your wrestling background, but like, is, are you just like, have you been competing since it's like ingrained in you now, you know? Um, I mean, I, I compete, I've been wrestling since I was like 12 and, uh, I just like it, you know, like, like I liked it for, as a wrestler, obviously it is ingrained in that sport, but um, jujitsu nowadays, I think like, if you want to get the most out of it, I mean, there's so many things you can get out of it, but like, if you're trying to learn and trying to be successful at jujitsu and successful at marketing, right. I want to kind of match everything. Like if I'm going to have products, if I'm going to help people, I want to, 
I want to have been out there, you know, like, like giving the perspective of somebody who's, who's been competing. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I do it. But like, honestly, the, the, the more you learn about jujitsu, the better you get, I feel you, for me, I feel I enjoy it more. So it's just like, it's a challenge, but it's not like, Oh, I just want to be the best. So I can say that or show that, but it's just like, yeah, you love jujitsu, right? Um, it doesn't mean you need to compete, but you may be getting better as a teacher. You may be getting better as a training partner. There's many goals or purposes we have in jujitsu. And one of the purposes I have is to compete and I like it. So, so that's kind of like the long winded answer. Uh, if it's, you know, I'm I, like think, I think, man, it's like in my experience that with what you said <clears throat> at the end seems to be the most important thing about competition is that you like it i think it's yeah. important too if you don't i think you should go do things that you're afraid of but mm-hmm. um I, I i think it's healthy to do a certain amount of that right but i also uh, think that you should really like enjoy it and i've competed a lot over the years but it did get to a point there towards like the last time i competed where i was doing it so often i wasn't really enjoying it you know oh, okay and and when it got to that point i was like well i'm just gonna take some time off and I felt great about it, you know, uh, and haven't competed in a couple of years, but wouldn't rule it out again. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and I think a lot of people are probably feel similar, like right now, like, like to you in a way, like, like it, it seems like people can't wait to get back on the mats, you know, and maybe competitions. And I think the IBJF is even giving like free, uh, a free competition away, I think. For, for everybody, I think, um, if people want to go that route, you know, like where they can just say you, you're signed up, you have your first competition free, or you can take anyone you want to free. So I think, and not just, not, not even saying that for like, like in a, com, in a competitive manner, just like in a freedom manner, like, oh, I'm in a jiu-jitsu tournament and I'm here in the vibe on the mat. It's fun. You overcame like, you know, at least that's how it's going to feel for me. Like, oh my God, uh, we've overcome this freaking nightmare and now we're doing what we love, right? That will, yeah. The first, I would say, just because I know I've looked at the IBJJF sort of, can- the cancellations they've done, you know, mm-hmm. all, all of the rest of this year and stuff. But it's like, that'll be kind of the marker to <clears throat> the return to normalcy is that that first IBJJF or when, when there's, you know, multiple tournaments in the same region on the same day and stuff like that, or in surrounding States. So, yeah. Um, and I know I've been asking, asking you a lot of <laughs> hey, questions. I, I appreciate the, di- I appreciate the dialogue, man. So yeah, go ahead. Go uh, ahead. Um, and I haven't listened to like that many podcasts lately, just because there's just so many of them. Um, but it seems like, I like how you're approaching it, the questions you have, the dialogue you're putting forward. Um, how does like, how, 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 how do you, okay, I want to start a podcast or uh, how, how does that come about with you? And like, what do you, what do you, what is like the goal? Like, is it Joe Rogan? Like, just cause I, I've been interested at different times and, and I don't know how, you know, I don't know how it works, how, how people make it. What what are your thoughts on that? So how I, long? I've been doing it for two years, right? Mm. Um, and it, I just tell I kind of the I get to that question sometimes. I tell people the the short answer. And I'll go into it is that it's like a, become a real natural extension of 
like who I am. So like when I was in college, um, I, I first, like I, I had this kind of underlying desire to go to like a film school or something. I was interested in that. Nothing around here to go do. I didn't want to leave the state uh, at that age in my life, you know? So I was uncertain. And I'd even written my senior term paper on the history of film. Right. Oh, wow. So, so, but then I go on and like, man, I, it was a lot of uncertainty. I was asking people, family members and stuff. Like I was telling them I was interested in these things and interested in history. And it was very much a conversation of like, well, what are you going to do with the history degree? Yeah. yeah. But man, I, so in about 2009, I feel like I just tell people I got my shit together. I was 23 years old. I, I when the recession hit, then I was selling cars. In, oh, okay. at a Nissan dealership and I got I got laid off and I went mm -hmm. on unemployment and I went back to school and uh, because I was in school I got to stay on unemployment for like a year and mm -hmm. um, it was just that's when I got plugged in with that professor guy I mentioned that was immunocompromised and stuff I, I, I contacted him and I was like hey my grandpa's World War II veteran and he had a son that died in Vietnam. I would like to do some sort of project, like an independent study. He's like, bam, I run this Arkansas Digital History Institute. So I did that. And then I started working for that history department at the college where I graduated from, Arkansas Tech. And they, they had me work on this project where I filmed professors and like created uh, these DVDs and mailed them to high school teachers for, of these different presentations. So it's almost like what we're doing without the questions, you know? Like, it was more like, hey, let's, let's prepare a talk around these contents. You give it. We're going to show up and film you and produce it and send it out to the people who need it. So that, and then I just, I mean, in a way, that was podcasting with what I was doing. I was learning how to edit. I got a lot of editing experience. And then at some point, kind of like with the history, too, I was like, man, I, I love watching jujitsu videos, man. I watch Ken Primo, all these. I had Ari from Submissions 101 the other day. I'm having all my YouTube heroes on the podcast. And, but even like with my martial arts uh, people that uh, are my mentors and coaches, they were like, well, you shouldn't put your shit on the Internet. And I'm like, oh, you know, so then I was like, I feel like I just should have done it a lot sooner. I should have not waited. I should have done this five years ago. And because it's what I'm interested in. It's how I can, like, I just like always writing lists down and all sorts of stuff and mm -hmm. journaling and, you know, databasing my techniques and watching videos and taking notes. And so it's just become like, oh man, okay, this is a, a way that I like uh, satiate this weird creative itch that I have to produce content like around the things I'm interested in. So this is like a jujitsu. I do a jujitsu and MMA spinoff, but I have this life unraveled where I just could be anybody. We're not going to burden them with the jujitsu conversation, you know, yeah. uh, but I have a lot of professors on and I do a history unraveled where I like different history stuff I'm interested in. So it's like, um, it, it's a way that I can kind of encapsulate all the stuff I'm interested in outside of like my martial arts academy. But then that's also kind of a side on the podcast too. So I really, I've enjoyed it and I'm excited about, like, I feel like I'm getting some momentum. The new gym, uh, like this will be one, like this is studio at my house, the new gym we built, um, we closed in this one area that had this weird entrance and I have a studio there my dad i made a custom table out of fabricated it um 
our judo instructor and uh, he teaches a morning class nonprofit for like uh, law enforcement. He made a tabletop, put my logo on it, flamethrowered the tabletop. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. So, I, so, you know, in the new studio, that's like been the culmination. Like I've been wanting to have my podcast in a neutral spot. I've been wanting to do more podcasts like this. Like, dude, I would never get to talk to you unless we, unless I stepped out of the studio. Like I'm still yeah. here, you know, but virtually speaking, like I'm not like, hey, Ken, come out and teach a seminar and then we'll do a podcast. It's just not a, a logistical thing. I can't have every guy that I want to talk jujitsu with to come teach a seminar just so I could do a podcast episode. Yeah, for sure. But it's been a great learning experience too. It's like with anything, like I've, I'm not an audio engineer. Like I know, I know a little bit about filming, man, but when it came to like, hooking my camera externally that I use off the computer into the mixer mm -hmm. and all that. And then it, it, it was a lot to learn, but it's been, um, that's been the slowest part about it, but it's been fine. Cause I don't know a ton of podcasters that are giving me inside secrets, you know? Yeah, no, no, it sounds, um, it sounds interesting. And it sounds like you, uh, you, you got a handle on that technical part, which sometimes, at least for me, like at one point I was thinking of like going, doing it and I'm just like, man, I don't know that much about like audio and all that stuff and how it works. I mean, uh, I see some people, they call it a podcast or, and it's just like on iTunes and I don't know if they even talked in, per, you know, had videos, you know, uh, it, there's so much information out there, you know, it's, it's kind of, yeah. Difficult. See, I do like what I do and I've been on the phone with the Apple because it's, I always do this the fastest process. I'll take this video, I'll mm -hmm. download it, I edit it and, I, and, you know, render it and all that. And then you can export it as an audio only file. So my mm -hmm. intro music and all that's there. Well, that process stopped working. And I was just like, guys, come on. The Apple doesn't know what's wrong, but the so every like i do the video podcast strip the audio off that and, it, and i put it on uh my podcast host and then it sends it out to 10 audio platforms oh wow apple Podcasts, spotify all that um and that's been a whole other side like the analytics side that i'm starting to try and figure out like okay why did i have 242 downloads on saturday that's weird you know, yeah. like, I, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. Like all, it was just like, just like a normal thing that was like, and I'm like on the audio, yeah. uh, you know, just on one, on my, on one side of it. And I'm just like, that's interesting. What caused that spike? Did somebody, uh, I know share it like that knows a lot of people, like what's the deal here? So, yeah. but it's just like anything, man, it's, I'm still figuring that stuff out with my jujitsu. Like it's, it's a great retention tool for my uh, students, but I do have some videos that I notice. I'm like, oh, that's like a hundred more views than last week. Like, especially like I have a couple of stability ball videos that have been like the, the solo videos, you know, yeah, that are yeah. going up during this time. I guess that's what people. Yeah, are yeah, for. yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I, I, I've, I've, uh, I've had like I see my kettlebell videos like spiking, you know, like how to do certain exercises, and I, not like I'm a master of kettlebells, but it's just like, yeah, obviously. Uh, everybody's at home doing something you know so yeah so it's it's uh you know the dummies remember like when the the covid things started everybody was like make, making their make own it <laughs> and i see people it, it, i mean it, people are trying and i give them credit but it's just like i see so many of these like dummy videos wrestling like doing takedowns with them it's like 
yeah it's it's interesting that's for sure yeah uh, yeah um did you do any of that like zoom classes and stuff like that um, I, we did i you know we do kickboxing at my gym too and mma mm-hmm. so for that crowd um i did a two two classes a week for them I did a few jujitsu classes. I was having great participation on that, which I like Here's some people that are having all their students log in. And, and we had amazing participation with kids on zoom classes. Yeah. Uh, okay. But, you know, I don't know what the, what the deal was. If people just didn't want to do the solo movements or we weren't, mm-hmm. we were, I mean, we were emailing, we we're posting about it daily. I just mm-hmm. didn't have that audience from our academy is is pumped about it for whatever reason but we put out a uh oh man a bunch of videos we probably spread out from fitness and at-home fitness kickboxing workouts and uh yoga videos we have two yoga instructors they did probably 10 videos so like we put out close to 100 videos across all tiers since Mm -hmm. we like probably six eight weeks and um so like we were hitting like a video throughout the day for like each program almost every day and then sharing that over on our social and sending links to playlists out in the email. So, but that's just, uh, we tried to be very eclectic with it and just get content out and be talking with people as much as we could. And, um, we did get good response. Got a lot of people sharing stuff. So. That's good, man. That's cool. I I seen a lot of people out there. And I still see people, you know, doing it that haven't opened up their schools and, and some of them have had some good retention. Others, I can't really say, you know, but, um, but I was just kind of wondering, you know, how, how that would work. And for me, like for my daughter, she's, she's young, but um, I wish she would be, I wish she was able to pay attention, but I, I think it's valuable for, for a lot of parents to have uh, somebody helping their, their child out. Uh, because it's tough you know to to be there it is that you know the 8 to 12 year old demographic's been our best participants and like lower tier teens like 13 14 but um i started having some of the teens that are older 15 16 they're coming to my kickboxing class because their classes are just getting back going but uh with the kids it's the younger the demographic the harder i mean cora my wife she we own the gym together and she teaches most of the kids' classes, and she does an amazing job with her patients. She is a saint. Oh, wow. Uh, but That's good. Uh, with the three- to four-year-olds and with the five- to seven-year-olds, but, like, and she, she does such an amazing job. But they just started coming back in the gym this week. And, man, like, people are talking a lot about, like, mental health in this, right? Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how positive that is, like, like uh, the kids or the feedback they're getting from the parents, but also like with what I see with like when we weren't doing zoom classes and we're closed trying to figure out what we're going to do. We did, we didn't see any of the kids for like a couple weeks, you know, but like just when Corey got to see the kids on the zoom class for the first time, like what that did for her, you know, yeah. um, like the positivity and like how it's really made me evaluate how much, even I noticed it. Like with the first several zoom podcasts I did, I was like, Oh, a person. I haven't seen people in a while. You know, it was just like seeing a face, man. And like, just on a screen and like, Hey, you can hear me. We're talking and I see you. Yeah. Uh, because early on in this, there was a lot of, a lot of uncertainty, but that just like seeing like us lent back to normalcy when she saw the kids yesterday, for example, first kids class, we had a daytime class. Like that was, 
that was a positive for everyone involved the parents the kids her by extension of her me because she taught the class but everybody's mental health like went up a few points yesterday because of that interaction you know so yeah i, I think that's awesome and i think uh i think it's going continue to happen uh for sure that that's a positive thing because i mean you know parents have they have to have their kids not playing with other kids or spending time and i think it's to have them in an area where they can do that i haven't hardly really done that to be honest with you with my daughter but uh it's it's like a celebration in a way right like to have them in an atmosphere where they can be around kids and, and feel good Everybody, I think, is, is, you know, to have a sense of normalcy, right? Jiu-Jitsu really is, when you think about it through all this, it, it really is the truest sense of normalcy, right? Like, if you've gotten back to Jiu-Jitsu, there's nothing else. There's nothing else. You know what I mean? That, that's not a new normal. That's, uh, you know, that's, yeah. that, that's the primal thing, you know? Um, yeah, and man, and it's, and too, like, I really... I feel bad for those people that came to jujitsu for an improvement in their mental health, like, and then their fitness and just all the benefits that it brings, you know? And then they yeah. do, like, just from the student level, like, like, yeah, me, the business owner and stuff, it's, it's been difficult and I didn't get to train as much, but for the people that that's their only community, yeah. it's their only social time. Uh, like I have members like that. It's like, they don't see us like they're just going to be at home. Like, or they don't see their friends in the gym or, or maybe, maybe them getting into the gym was there like for me very much. So I got involved right after high school and then mm -hmm. that became my, my community. And yeah. like, here, here we are like this South Pole circle, it's gone with uh, just branching out and flowering out. So. Yeah, no, that that's, that's true, man. I think it affects a lot of people. Um, their mental health and, and their well-being, and and it, like you said, it's like people who are especially getting into it, how it affects them, and 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 it sounds like you you probably have it together in this regard, but it sounds like just that communication from leadership is 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 as is as important during the times like this, like you know what I mean? Because if there are people who use the jujitsu community as their community. Um, and they need them right now and they can't get it physically. I think having that obviously, uh, mental aspect of it and that communication from that, that group, those groups, you know, is important, you know? And, and I think like for me, like, okay, I love jujitsu too. It helps my mental health, you could say. Um, but, uh, but the benefits of it, right? Like, so now I get into something else or I focus on a different purpose for a period of time. You know, I think like we can take the strength from jujitsu, not just like kind of utilizing it for those benefits, but also having what it gives us and putting that to other places. Um, for me has been beneficial. Like, oh, be consistent. I'm studying different languages. Be consistent. Do this. Be consistent. You know, just like I was for jujitsu. This is how you get better at jujitsu. This is how you get better at this or that activity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure, man. Well, man, let me ask you this. Like, I think it's interesting. Um, it's something Matt and I were talking about to hit you up on. Like, it's interesting you going from the East Coast mm -hmm. to the West Coast. Very Joe Rogan of you. He goes from Boston to uh, uh, to L.A. But yeah, yeah. what what is uh what has that contrast been like? Like in the community and in the culture. Like how how is that different? Is like is what are the differences in, in the jiu-jitsu here and there? Um, well, when I was on the 
the East Coast, I was at a, a school called Balance Martial Arts, and I was under House and Gracie, and it's it's growing right now. Um, it, it's more like traditional Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, and it was really cool. There's a lot of good people there. Good, um, it's a very good scene, very family oriented. Uh, I liked it, and and I had I. They weren't really like too into too much into like IBJJF competition at that time. Uh, so when I had gone out to the West Coast, there's a lot of reasons why I went out there, right? It's, I like the weather there, I like the beach and stuff like that. But uh, I also had talked to Coyotera's manager, who, who kept saying like, "Oh, you should come out here, come out here." And I wanted to like kind of see uh, the school I was at in the East Coast, like. Again, it was more like self-defense, and they were very good, but it wasn't like – I was more like kind of like – I guess you could say like modern in terms of the technical aspects, um, in terms of the game he plays. So that was kind of different, and I'm not sure that's like a coastal thing. Like, you know, I mean, any school has any techniques nowadays, but like I feel like on the West Coast, um, there's more jiu-jitsu, right, in terms of uh, – it, it, you know, it's grown so much out here. Um, for me to be at Kyos, like that level, I felt was very high compared to a lot of places I was at. Like, oh, I'm a black belt and I'm having really challenging, you know, losing to purple belts, you know, and like some places I was at where that wasn't the case, you know. So um, I can't say the level is better or worse anywhere, but I felt like the level was definitely different, you know, when I came out in California. And obviously now I'm kind of spoiled. I'm here in San Diego, right? Like it's different than a lot of places. But but right now also because the East Coast has grown, there's so many places, it's hard for me to like say like, oh, it's better or worse or, you know, like now since I've been out here, okay, um, I lived in Philly. You can get an hour train ride or to New York. So, okay, you can train with Donna here and all those guys, right? Like, oh, I'm here in San Diego. I can train in LA. I can train, you know, I chose here. Like, it's just, it's, it's mind blowing, you know, but I haven't been out in the East coast to really experience that scene as of late. Um, but the times I have come out here, it was like 2002. And then recently the past, however, so many years, like during the early days, it was it was a big difference. There's more out here, right? There's Gracie yeah. Academy. There's places in San Diego and the East Coast. There wasn't that many places. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's kind of a hard question to like answer nowadays, right? Because there's so much jujitsu. Like I could go to Arkansas, but I would never think about that years ago, right? Like there, there'd be a lot of jujitsu, but like I could go to your academy and maybe guys would kick my butt. I have no idea, you know? So it's just like, it's it's getting crazy like the evolution and, and it is the scene right but, it is but, it's awesome to see too i remember the first time i went to california for worlds or pans i can't remember which one came first without looking but like i remember being there and like realizing that it was way bigger than i thought it was a bigger scene it was a bigger community it was everything it was as big as me standing trying to look at the top of the pyramid you know yeah so uh it's really grown a lot since i've been involved it's been awesome yeah for sure for sure um yeah so uh, and you're from there originally i guess yeah yeah i grew up uh about 20 miles from where i live uh i kind of like moved to the next biggest town over that's where the we have like one of the 
one of the bigger institutions in the state here. And that's where I got my, my graduate and masters. See, I, ironically, um, I think it's what jogged my memory. I was like, man, I should ask him about coming on the podcast. But back when I, I kind of consulted with you on the phone, you know, uh, I just, I, right after that, I meddled for the first time at IBJF Houston and, oh, wow. and a guy you were training with, uh, was in my bracket. I didn't go against him, but Benji Silva, right okay. and you commented on the photo and this like came up because it was like five years ago or, or, or however long and it was like uh, you commented like man that guy's really good good job on getting on the podium on that one but you know and i tell something that you told me on that phone call all the time because i was like tony i'm like dude i'm getting my master's degree i got this this new location we just moved in i got all this stuff going and you're like you got to be the best at everything you got okay because okay. you know, i was asking you i'm like how can i how can I achieve these competition goals in spite of these other things, you know, that I, that I'm trying to balance. And, and that was the advice. And I kind of, I got it on some level, you know, I was like, I really do. Like I've got to, I've got to level up. I've got to actively practice the mastering all of this. And man, it, that was a time of my life where I really did get better at time management and, Anytime I've added something on, I've kind of used that. Like when I started teaching college a couple of years ago, for example, okay. try to try to get all the logistics down. It's not easy, you know, and I think people and I have avoided almost like procrastinating, getting your shit together. Yeah, for sure, man. But it sounds like you, you obviously are aware and, and taking steps and, and you're trying and, you know, it's kind of, it, it, it's, it's interesting. You know, one time a guy had, had come up to me and I, told him like, Oh, you got to work hard. You got to run every day, do all this stuff. Right. At one time he was kind of looking for motivation. So I saw the guy years, years later and like, he's like, Oh, I remember what you said to me about whatever, however I motivated him. And it was just like, I was kind of like taken back. I'm like, Oh shit. Like I, I got to do it myself, you know? So like, wait, what you're saying now is kind of interesting. You're like, Oh yeah. You told me to be the best at everything. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, well, that's not, you know, but, 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 uh, I'll tell you real quick, since I, since I mentioned that, I want to tell the story. Um, you know, there's a guy, his name was Jared Frayer. I don't know if you've heard of him. He was an Olympian. He was a wrestler. Um, maybe I think like two or three Olympic cycles ago. And, and he was a wrestler and, and Brands Brothers. I don't know if you've heard of the Brands Brothers. Have you heard of them? No, no. They're like uh, the coaches at the University of Iowa. They're really hardcore, great wrestlers, Olympians. One's an Olympic champion. One's a bronze medalist. But um this guy, Jared Frayer, was, he was a student, he was a coach at like Oklahoma State or something or Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma. He was also like a teaching assistant or taking a grad program. Uh, he just had a child who had Down syndrome, just got married. Like he had a lot on his plate and he was trying to make the Olympic team. And he said to his coach, who was Tom Brands, I believe, and he said like, how, how, how do I how can I balance this? And and the advice I gave you came from that. And he says, you know, just be, try to be great at everything. And they really try to be great at everything. So the advice is real um, in the sense that like that, that's what Jared said after he made the Olympic team, when they asked him, how do you do it with all this stuff? And it was because of that advice. And, and it doesn't mean like you have to kill yourself to be, you know, always to be great and all that stuff. But like, to me, it was just like, oh, having, you know, because at times, you know, we all have our lumps there in life or where we're not, we don't know what to do. We don't know what direction or we're not motivated. But like, I think like 
kind of trying to have a purpose, right? Like, like, oh, this, this lockdown sucks, right? But like, okay, I'm going to be the best at learning trainees online. I'm going to be the best at doing home workouts. You know what I mean? And I think that attitude is a good attitude. And I'm really glad that, that you mentioned that, um, that you've taken that, you know, um, I've, I've, I've passed it on. I'll tell people where I got it too, man. So there's I've, a couple of times that I've, I've known people in similar situations where it's just like, I've, I can empathize because I have too often felt like I couldn't do all the things I wanted. Shit. I was feeling that way a little bit today. Cause I'm developing an online class. I really just want to sit here and talk to you, but you know, and then I got this hang up on my audio version of the podcast. I'm scratching my head on. It's just like, but it's man, it's just like taking things in stride, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it sounds like you're doing that like with your business. Cause there's a lot of businesses where people, and it's, everybody's got the right to, to feel bad about it and to be negative. But like, it sounds like you did a lot of the things to try to make it work as best as you can. And now it's, you know, bearing some fruit for you and it will continue to do that because you have taken it in stride and you're consistent and okay, now it's getting better and it probably will get better too, you know, yeah. before it gets worse, I think. But, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, well, right on, man. Well, Ken, I really appreciate you sitting down and talking with me, man. Maybe uh, we can do it again here, you know, one of these days because um, I follow you online. I really appreciate your commentary. Uh, it's just been kind of nonsensical throughout this whole shutdown and stuff. You've just given the, Hey, here's what everybody's saying online. <laughs> yeah. It's, yes. it's funny. It changes well, day to day. Well, bro, I, I, I appreciate you having me on and, and, you know, hopefully if you're in San Diego, you know, For sure. hit me, hit me up and, uh, maybe we'll, we'll train somewhere and, and, and vice versa. I've never been to Arkansas. I'd love to go sometime. So man, I appreciate it. And, uh, thanks for having me on. Right on, man. Have a great one. All right, man. Stay safe. See ya.